Hello and welcome back to the PRSSA podcast. This is Kat Kaladuris, your host and your 2021-2022 Vice President of Brand Engagement. We have a great episode of PR with the Pros coming your way today with CEO of Ren Public Relations, Alexis Woody. Alexis is a girl boss who currently resides in Columbus, Ohio. After working with various B2B and B2C brands, large and small, for over four years, Alexis founded Ren PR, a public relations firm specializing in social media, influencer relations, and marketing consulting. Knowing how important a strong PR and social strategy is to the growth of brands and entrepreneurs, Alexis strives to help others make meaningful connections and impactful decisions. Without further ado, let's get into it. We are so happy to have Alexis Woody today. Alexis, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. We'll get right into it with all these hard-hitting questions. So the first one being, what inspired you to start your own PR agency? So this one for me is a bit of a loaded question. I accidentally started my business uh, back in early 2019. I was just reaching out to local businesses in New York City, trying to find a way to um, sort of like find some kind of work because it was really hard to get into the PR space in New York. It's highly competitive, as you can imagine. And um, a professional organizer actually got back to me and said she needed a social media manager. So a lot of my business heavily started off as social media management. And then now it's gotten more into traditional PR. I would say I definitely went full time when COVID started um, in March of 2020. I lost my full time job. And as I was going through interview processes for other nine to fives, I started to receive a ton of referrals in my network. And it just seemed to be working out better for me to work for myself. So that's sort of been my journey over the last year. That's incredible. And it's so great that you used the time given to us by the pandemic and made something out of it. That's fantastic. What was the most challenging part of establishing REN PR? Yeah, I would say I really faced this this past year um, just because so much was going on with, with the pandemic. And then also, you know, when I started my business, the first two years, I didn't really have a logo. I didn't have a website. You know, I was, this was sort of like my side hustle. So I wasn't very vocal about it. So I would say the most challenging part was deciding, okay, so if I'm going to do this, like, what do I need to do so that I can be successful so that, you know, my brand resonates with people that I want to attract and the kind of clients that I want to retain um, and just kind of figuring out how to go about that. Cause you know, rebrands are not cheap, especially if they're done well. So, so the biggest challenge was just kind of getting the branding together, finding a designer to help take that on and the website, and then just kind of figuring out like what it is I want to say about myself and my business, um, in a more like formal setting, since this is a way that some people are going to meet me for the first time, you know, through my website. So that was definitely challenging and finally over that hurdle a little bit <laughs> and kind of moving on to other challenging parts of, you know, business strategy and things like that. But that was by far the, the most challenging. Definitely. That makes sense for sure. And with this process, what have been the most valuable skills that you've learned? Hmm, that's a good one. I would say honestly, just learning how to communicate with other people because communication is 
there, there's just so much to it. So I, I feel like I've really had to learn, okay, how do I communicate with someone that, you know, maybe they've reached out to me several times and they've kind of ghosted and like, how do I manage and navigate that? Because that's something I've never had to deal with before, um, you know, in an agency setting. And even when I was doing my work more on the side, I had limited clients and people were already vetted before I'd really touch the accounts. So I've really had to learn how to communicate with people, vet people and kind of like rank my leads um, and figuring out like who I should work with. Um, and also I've really expanded on my networking skill um, because, you know, people kind of pop out of the woodworks to try to work with me and things like that. And I have to be really keen about who I work with and who I give my time to. Um, so I definitely say like communication, networking were the top two skills I've had to like really focus on. Yeah, those are great points, especially with communication, because obviously everyone thinks that they can communicate well, but it really right. is something that we all have to practice. And especially this year when there are now so many more modes of communication. It's easy for lines of communication to get muddled. So mm -hmm. that's a great point. And mm -hmm. going off of that, what skills do you think are essential for a career in PR? Two main skills that I feel have helped me personally, um, even from you know as, as being an intern, are adaptability and the desire to learn. Um, when it comes to PR and communications, you know, if you're studying PR, there's usually a couple of different routes that you can take. I mean, I, you know, I studied journalism and I could have gone into like more broadcast. I could have done like more print. I ended up doing the PR route, but even in PR, when you get a, when you accept a job, you might be taking on some social media work. You might be even doing some design work, um, depending on if you're working for a nonprofit or a smaller organization that really needs all hands on deck. So I feel like being a adaptable to your environment and like what's going on will help you, especially if you're bouncing around between like an agency setting and then actually being like in-house um, somewhere because those are two very different experiences to have in your career. I definitely recommend agency. That's my, my, my main experience. Um, and you have to really learn like how to juggle a lot of deadlines and different kinds of industries and figure all that out. So adaptability is huge. And then of course, the desire to learn is always great because no one knows it all. You can't know it all. Um, and I think that that eagerness to learn and just be better is something that is desirable in any kind of candidate for any job. <laughs> I think most, most people want someone that, you know, is going to bring, is going to be an asset to the team, but also wants to continue to learn. Absolutely. Those are more great points. That's awesome. And what is your favorite part of your job and why? All right. So I, this kind of dawned on me this past uh, fall after I had been, you know, freelancing, whatever you want to call it, doing contract work for a couple of months. It's what's well, my favorite part is that I get to meet really amazing people that are doing amazing things because I work with a lot of small businesses um, or like mid-sized businesses that like they're really close to their mission. Like they have a strong mission. They have, you know, they work with really cool clients. Um, and it's just been really neat to kind of meet these different people. 
because it's taken my networking um, to like a whole new level. Because, you know, before when I had a job that was like nine to five, you know, I, I networked, but I didn't have the time to just take a random call at like 10 a.m. or at one or two, whatever. Now, you know, I can be more flexible with how I schedule my day. So it allows for more time for me to, you know, connect with other business owners, potential clients, um, and people that, you know, they could help me as well. And it's so cool just to hear their story and see how we can support each other. So that's just, that's my favorite part. Yes. Networking is so crucial. And that's mm-hmm. something I've definitely seen as I'm getting further into, you know, the PRSSA realm and mm-hmm. just going to college. Um, it's so, so important. Are there certain industries that you love to serve or do you kind of work with all different areas? Yeah. So I, my history is all over the place. Like I've worked with, you know, um, manufacturing companies. I've worked with like e-commerce brands. And then most recently in my last like agency role, I worked in like hospitality, um, like travel leisure. And so honestly, my clients are still kind of all over the place even now. And I work with like a CBD brand. I work with an, um, some sister brand companies that do branding and graphic design and website design for a variety of e-commerce and like people that offer services. Um, it's kind of all over. I would say I'm personally attracted to like wellness, um, like lifestyle brands, because I think that those are so helpful for people. Like just kind of giving them, you know, whether it's offering a solution or just offering information on like leading a healthier lifestyle. I personally am really interested in those kind of industries, but I have yet to turn down a client due to the industry that they're in. Um, I really like to kind of change things up and I like having a different day every day. So I don't see myself ever having a niche um, like clientele, but at this time it is kind of more towards like lifestyle and then other, you know, like creators kind of are who I'm working with right now. Very cool. That's awesome. It's definitely good to have a wide range so you can Mm -hmm. figure out, you know, what you like to do and you'll never get bored. Like you, you know, mentioned, it's always something new. So that's great. Yeah, totally. Now switching gears to more insight for students. From your perspective as a founder, CEO, and girl boss, how can college students find and embrace their inner boss? All right. So college is such an interesting time, right? Because you're like finally away from home a little bit. Um, Even if you live at home, like you're being exposed to a bunch of different people with different backgrounds from you. You know, it's not, you're no longer surrounded by people that are from the same hometown um, and your horizons are being expanded a little bit. So it's honestly a little intimidating, I think, to really figure out, even if you know what you're studying, it's still hard to be confident in it at times because you really have limited knowledge of what you're getting yourself into. You're just learning as you go. Um, so I would say the best way to like find and embrace your inner boss, even if you don't want to be an entrepreneur, you you know, you have an idea of what you want to do and you just kind of need some more confidence in, in that. I would say along with networking, joining organizations was really huge for me because it forced me to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Um, that was something that was said to me very early on. I think my freshman year, I was told to get comfortable being uncomfortable because that's how you grow. 
Um, and I also was told to join LinkedIn. So those things have been super helpful for me. Um, but, you know, joining these different organizations where I was given different levels of responsibility, I'm meeting all these different people and I'm brainstorming with them and networking with them. It really pushed me out of my comfort zone and helped me to become a little bit more, a little bit more like me, if that makes sense. I mean, you're constantly evolving, especially in college. You're really figuring out, okay, like, who am I outside of, you know, my parents' home and like what I've known my whole life. Um, and so I feel like those experiences pushed me. So I wasn't, you know, just in the dorm too much or out partying or whatever. I like really was making connections with people I, I, you know, otherwise would never make connections with. Um, so I feel like that really helps. And then also in that, through your networking experiences on campus um, and through different organizations, I feel like it really helps to have a mentor. I actually was reading an article today that said, to lose the word mentor out of your vocabulary and find a champion, um, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, someone that, you know, is gonna, you know, and mention your name in other rooms and areas of opportunity. Um, but it's really great to have, you know, a mentor or someone that you can check in with that can, you know, review your portfolio and talk to you about their experiences and kind of give you um, a different perspective on what you've got going on and challenges that you might be having. You know, I started having mentors around my freshman year, um, you know, sort of like pen pals, people that I would just network with. Even now, you know, I call them every couple of months to see what's going on with them um, and get their advice on things because again, you can't know it all. So I feel like those are key things that I did that helped me and that continue to help me just kind of figure out who I am and like what I want to do. How did you go about finding a mentor and choosing who you think would help you most with your career goals? Yeah. So like a lot of things, finding a mentor can be really overwhelming and kind of intimidating because you're basically going out on a limb and saying like, Hey, can like you take time out of your life and your day to, you know, talk to me and catch up with me every once in a while. Um, honestly, for me, it kind of, I feel like I have like unspoken mentors. Like, I don't think the people that I refer to as mentors, they would ever say like, yeah, I'm your mentor. Um, but that's sort of what they have become to me. Um, so for example, there's a woman that she's a journalist. She's worked with like Hype Bay. Um, she's now at OK Player. And we've been chatting since literally 2015. Um, did, met for the first time in New York a few years ago when I had moved. And um, I look at her as a mentor. I don't know if she would call herself that like out loud, but she's someone that, you know, I've been able to really look at her trajectory and like her journey and kind of learn from what she's done. So I would say it really comes from just networking and seeing who you click with um, because you definitely want a mentor that you feel like you can connect with and like talk to on a deeper level and not feel judgment. So definitely just kind of look at who you're, who you're net, who's in your network and who you look up to. Um, you definitely could always just straight up ask someone, you know, I'm looking for a mentor, you know, in these specific areas. It always helps to know what you need support with because it's a very open-ended thing. Mentors can help you with all kinds of things. So I think it would be helpful to say, you know, I'd like a mentor to support me through, you know, I'm doing this internship and it's going to be a challenge. And I'd love to be able to like pick your brain every once in a while. And, you know, something along those lines, just kind of figure out what it is that you feel like you need. Um, 
because that'll be really helpful. Oftentimes too, some organizations will have like mentor lists. Um, like I know PRSA, usually there's a mentor list per like local chapter. Um, so that might be something that you could tap into, you know, speak to your local like PRSA or even go through PRSSA and see if you can, you know, reach out to someone. Cause usually those are people that have been in the industry for a while and they're local to you. So they can meet up with you for coffee or whatever it is. Um, Cause that's what, that's kind of how I have found another mentor too. Um, he was a, you know, past student, past president of our PRSSA chapter at BGSU. And we did networking trips and things. And I, you know, connected with him. I asked for his email, his business card and things. And we still are in touch. Um, so it's really about just kind of putting yourself out there when you feel like you've made a good connection. That's great. I do think a lot of students sometimes feel awkward reaching out and asking for that help or asking to randomly connect with someone on LinkedIn. But it really is important, and especially with the champions for PRSA that you mentioned, they're looking to help and they care about this organization so much that they're mm -hmm. willing to do whatever they can to help the next generation of PR practitioners. Yeah, I mean, I think it really comes down to knowing what you need help with. And it's okay to also not know, like maybe you're, you just switched, you know, you just switched majors and you're going into PR or you're a freshman and just, you know, say that. I think you know, communication, it really can help you go a long way. Um, you know, just sending a random invite like that's, you know, automated to someone isn't going to do as much for you than, you know, you typing up a couple of sentences and saying like, oh, I've, you know, you're, you're inspire me in these ways. And I'm looking for this kind of support, you know, can we, you know, chat monthly or so, you know, just so I can pick your brain and, you know, learn from you and, you know, just kind of, being more assertive about what it is you need so that they can determine how to best help you. Definitely. And I love how you said being assertive, because I think that totally goes back to embracing your inner boss. You need to be assertive mm -hmm. and know what you want. And if you don't know what you want, then you need to be willing to find that. So that's an awesome point. As we know, branding is very important. How do you recommend students could build their own personal brand in a way that will attract employers? So I would say, I feel like, again, everything always comes down to networking. Um, I had done a um, presentation with your, with your chapter, University of Rhode Island for the district conference. Um, I talked about personal branding and it's really important to kind of figure out how you want to portray yourself and then watch how you do that on social media, LinkedIn in particular, because that's the most, you know, that's our professional social network um, platform, but also just being mindful of any other public accounts that you might have. Um, you know, it's 2021, I'd love to say that people don't care about certain things, but of course, most businesses, most organizations, you know, they have certain values and they have, you know, mission statements and things like that. And if you're, posting some content that is not in alignment with that, that could, you know, cause you to not get a job. So that's just the reality of what it is. You've got to be mindful of what you're putting on the internet. Um, I mean, it doesn't really go away. <laughs> so you got to know that. And, you know, make your account private if you want to. Um, that always helps. But definitely just being mindful of the kind of content that you're sharing. And on LinkedIn specifically, 
to, you know, to actually attract employers. I think it always helps to share, you know, milestones that you're having. It doesn't have to be some like well thought out story. You know, something I struggle with is a lot of people on LinkedIn, especially like the LinkedIn, like influencer kind of people that you always see their posts and they've got like all these shares and things. A lot of times they like, they talk about some random story. They go back to their childhood. Not everyone is that creative um, in their writing and not everyone wants to take the time to do that. So I say, you know, you can share milestones that you go through. So like finishing a semester, um, you know, joining an organization, getting an award or recognition, but also too, just talking about the realities of things. Like if you've been, you know, struggling with finding an internship or, you know, struggling with knowing what's next, like being kind of vocal about these different things and then sort of how you're planning to overcome it or how you have overcome it. I think that speaks more to your character. Um, and it's not just this super well-polished like story that you're just telling. I think employers like to know the real you at the end of the day, they need to know, um, you know, just like how you handle things, like how you are under pressure, like how you grow, um, how you challenge yourself. So think about that um, because every, a lot of people have, awards and certifications that they can kind of flash on <laughs> LinkedIn. But I think just being consistent and sharing content that shows the, the real you and how you are um, as a potential employee as well would really help to attract the right employer for you as well. You don't want to put on this facade and then, you know, a company reaches out to you and it's not really a reflection of the kind of person that you are or an organization you want to associate with. So I think that's really important. Um, and also, you know, when you're having those side conversations and like the LinkedIn messages and things like that, just being mindful of how you're coming across. Um, Cause it's really easy to not know how to talk to people um, when you're in college. I mean, you're learning how to talk to the professors and your peers and things, which is why organizations are really, really helpful. Cause it gives you that experience. But it's kind of intimidating to reach out to someone at a company or, you know, whether they're in, you know, the C-suite or they're an employee and like know what to say and like how to format what you're saying and, you know, just being respectful, but also being yourself. So it's kind of a fine line to walk, but I think just be yourself as much as possible and just think about what will benefit you in the long term. Yes, that's wonderful. I think there is so much pressure for students when it comes to LinkedIn. I know that myself, I get nervous before I post something. I'm always thinking, oh, wait, what if it's a typo? I'll check it five times. <laughs> and it can seem nerve wracking because you are putting yourself out there in the professional world. But I really like what you're saying about businesses wanting to know the real you. And you want to know how the business operates too, because if your values don't align with theirs, that's probably not the right fit for you. Aside from what we have discussed, do you have any other pieces of advice that you offer future PR practitioners? Yes, uh, something that I say often is to know your value um, and also to stand firm in what and what the, your values are as well. So know what you can offer, like know, you know, that you're going to be an asset to the organization that you're interested in working at. Um, but also know that if you value culture, if you value work-life balance or learning and development, like stand firm on those things. Uh, you, you just, you have to definitely figure out what matters to you and just hold firm to that. Because at the end of the day, 
you know, work is not all that life is cracked up to be. It's definitely a huge part of our lives. A lot of people find fulfillment in their work, but to feel fulfilled, you definitely need to be in the right place. So definitely know what you offer, you know, make sure that your needs are met when it comes to, you know, salary requirements, PTO, things like that. Um, and also just know what you look for in a company as well. Um, because, you know, I've worked in places where I didn't really think about those things. I just saw the dollars, you know, I saw the salary and I'm like, great, it's a job, took it. And, you know, I learned a lot, but with the second agency I was at, I really, like, I asked them hard questions. You know, I asked like, well, what is your culture? Like, how do you invest in your employees? Like, what is the structure of your, of every team? Like I was very interested in how they communicated with each other and, um, kind of handled more internal things that you wouldn't know like, from the outside looking in, because that's what you deal with every day. You know, that's 40 plus hours a week, you're going to be in this work environment. So I feel like those are just really important. Don't just take something because it's given to you. Definitely evaluate every opportunity, ask the hard questions and just stick to, you know, stick to your guns. Definitely, you know, know your value. How have you been able to maintain a good work-life balance? <laughs> Honestly, uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> Let me know if someone figures it out. I, I feel like I'm, I've gotten it down a bit. You know, it's been over a year now. Uh, let's see. Yeah, we're in June. So it's been, what, 13, 14, like 15 months maybe that I've been kind of working from home since uh, COVID hit. And you just kind of take it day by day. I try to have set call days. Um, with clients and with my team. I try to have set working days so that I can kind of get in a zone and focus. I also work on trying to change up my um, environment. So, you know, I have like two different office spaces that I can work out of. Sometimes I work on the couch if I'm doing more like random administrative or creative um, work. So I feel like those have been, that's been really helpful for me and kind of having a general schedule but honestly, I really give myself some grace because, you know, sometimes calls pop up or they're canceled or things are moved around or, you know, deadlines are shifted. So you kind of have to be adaptable, like I mentioned earlier. Um, but I mean, honestly, for me, it's just setting boundaries too, you know, and saying like, you know, I take calls after 10 a.m. or whatever it is. Like, I don't like to take early morning calls. That's kind of my morning time to do administrative work kind of focus for what's to come for the day ahead. I don't like taking super early calls. So that's just something that I do. Um, and I also don't email people late at night after six. I schedule it for the next morning at 8 a.m. That's just a personal boundary I have. Um, so I try to focus on those kind of things and what I can control so that my life is not super chaotic. <laughs> that's great. That's great. Especially with setting boundaries because like I mentioned, especially this year, it feels like we're all on the clock constantly with school and work and internships, because mm -hmm. now that it's virtual, you're always getting emails or calls or assignments at pretty much any hour. So it's important to set boundaries for yourself and also to make people aware of those boundaries too. Yeah. Zoom fatigue is very real and it's not even about Zoom, it's just like technology, I think right now has been 
extremely draining for us because, you know, we're used to being on the computer when we're in classes or if we were working a nine to five and we're in the office, but it's definitely different now because this is how we also connect with our family and our friends um, off the clock as well and kind of have our downtime. So it's a lot, a lot of screen time that we're kind of dealing with. Um, so I feel like it does help to have boundaries of, okay, I don't check my email after this time. Or if I do check it real quick, you know, I just respond and I schedule it out so that I, you know, they're not responding again to me late tonight. And just kind of knowing what those are for yourself and then communicating them as needed. I mean, no one, I personally have not had to tell people like, don't email me after this time, but they see that I usually will respond the next day. So it's kind of an unspoken boundary, um, but I would have no problem with expressing that if I needed to. Yeah, definitely. That's great. And you're right. Zoom fatigue is so real, especially when so many things that could be emails or phone calls are now always Zoom. It's nice to see people, but it does get to be quite a lot right now. Right. And moving on to the PR lightning round. So these are just some fun questions. You can answer them completely honestly. The first one being, what is your favorite TV show at the moment? That's a good one. Um, I really like, I love The Handmaid's Tale. It's definitely dark, but it's really good. I actually need to read the book still, um, but that's definitely one of my favorite shows. I recently got into The Handmaid's Tale. I had read the book in high school and I liked it, but I never got into the show, but now I'm completely caught up and I'm obsessed. It's so good. I love um, like crime shows. I love shows that have a really good storyline. Otherwise I get bored. And I just love like there are so many plot twists and you never really know what's going to happen next. So, and the acting is amazing. <laughs> That's one of my favorites. Oh yeah, the acting is great and the writing is great. And especially for us as PR people, as we see all the creativity that goes into each scene, so it makes it that much more amazing. Exactly. The next question is, what is your go-to coffee order? I love getting um, a chai tea lattes, like iced chai tea lattes at Starbucks, or I do matcha lattes. Because there's, um, you get the energy from like a coffee drink, but you don't have the crash. <laughs> That's a very good point. I try to alternate between coffee and tea because I love them both, but I do yeah. tend to go for the coffee. Yeah, coffee's a little dangerous for me sometimes. I get hooked, so I'm trying to stick to tea. <laughs> mm, no, that's a good choice. This next question is, why do you love public relations? I love PR because it's all about making connections and storytelling. Um, I just think it's so cool that, you know, you can try to get you know, your, your client featured in an article that, you know, is talking about the top products to look at or the top, you know, female CEOs to watch. It's just really interesting to kind of see what opportunities are out there and how you can tell your client's story um, in a unique way. And so I feel like it never really gets boring because there's always so many different like angles, especially if you're looking at what's timely and what's relevant or anything that's unique about your client. Um, and then of course I love connecting with people and just meeting them. And it's definitely a mutually beneficial relationship between 
you know, publicists or, you know, PR specialists and the media. So I just think it's, it's really cool to be able to get the stories out there while connecting with really cool people. I love that. And I completely agree. Do you think your journalism background has helped you assimilate into PR as well when it comes to communicating with the media? Definitely. Because my um, program that I did, it was a journalism program and it was accredited at Bowling Green State University. And a year or so in, you had to pick your specialization. As I mentioned earlier, you know, you could go into like broadcast or you could do print um, or you could go into like PR. And so I feel like it does help to know what makes a great piece, like what goes into writing and especially you know, I wrote for the paper and things too. So I would interview people and have to get information from them. So just kind of knowing what kind of, what goes into that, I feel like it helps me to be as transparent as possible with journalists and also be as upfront as possible and giving them everything that they need. So providing them with media kits, links to things, and just being, you know, available to them if they need anything else to kind of get the story complete. So I feel like that's just something that's important to keep in mind. And again, it should be a mutually beneficial relationship. It's not you just throwing something at someone and hoping that like it sticks. <laughs> so I feel like my experience with um, like writing more specifically definitely has helped me with, with understanding that a little bit more. Yeah, that's awesome because you really have all the sides of storytelling mm-hmm. within that. So that's great. How do you unwind after a long day? Honestly, I'm sort of a workaholic. <laughs> so so um, I kind of work throughout the evening. It's really bad. Um, but the ways I like the ways I like to unwind include like making some food or having a snack and maybe watching a TV show or something or reading a book. Reading a book is nice because it takes away you know, it limits the screen time because a TV is the screen. So it's nice to like read a book um, or something or like take a walk outside. I have a dog. I might walk the dog. It definitely varies and depends on the day I've had. Sometimes you're just exhausted and you just want to like watch a TV show and go to sleep. Um, But unwinding is very important. It's just as important as your morning routine and preparing for the day ahead. So I definitely recommend it. I could probably be better about it though. That's so funny. I think a lot of people fall into that cycle. It's it's like anything else. You just get better with time. Yeah, exactly. And I love reading. So I have to ask, what's your favorite book? Oh, that's hard. Um, hmm. So honestly, I just started to get back into fiction reading. Um, I was, I read a lot of like self-help books which is okay, but sometimes it gets a little draining and you just want to read something that you don't have to completely absorb in that way. You don't want to learn all the time. Sometimes you just want to read and enjoy it. Um, There's a book that I just finished that's really, really good. And it was called Stay With Me, but it was really, really good. It was a great fiction book. I also really like, for more like self-help, I like Amy Landino a lot. Um, She has a YouTube channel. She's on Instagram. She talks all about going after the life that you want. So she covers productivity, um, you know, and just kind of what it takes to have the courage to 
go after the life that you want. It's really awesome. And she's got a book all about sort of morning routines and how to make the best one for you, um, which I felt I found very helpful. So I definitely would check that out if you're looking for a self-help book. Um, but yeah, I definitely need to, to find, like, I need to make a reading list. <laughs> I need to find some, like a variety of books and, and add those to my list. Yeah. Oh, that's great though. I'll have to look into those self-help books because that's so important to work and personal life and all of our commitments. We really need that boost of having a clear head and knowing what we want. Before we end, do you have any parting words for the audience? It's important to just remember that, you know, your wants and needs as like a student and as a professional are going to change over time. You know, you could be really certain that, you know, you want to work this corporate job in this other city and then, you know, over a semester or over a couple semesters, you might realize that's not for you and that's okay. Um, you know, even if you're in a job, you might realize, oh, this is not really what I expected it to be. I think that's totally fine. Just always look for what you can learn from a situation. You know, you might not like, you know, your supervisor in an internship or who you're working with. That's actually kind of common. You're not, you're not going to like everyone. Not everyone's going to like you. And my parents taught me that at a young age. Um, and it's something to keep in mind, but it doesn't need to take away from your experience itself and what you can learn from it and how you can grow from it. So just always think about what lessons can be learned, even in the most, you know, the, the situations you might not care for. And of course, too, set boundaries. And if you're in like a toxic work environment or internship environment, definitely, you know, have discussions with whoever your super, supervisor is and kind of get out of that situation if it's if it's toxic and really bad for you. Um, but before, you know, you want to just get out of something or switch jobs, definitely think about how you can grow and what you can take from it because that's what future employers are going to be curious about because at the end of the day, a lot of people are going to have your skill set. What makes you different is who you are as a person, your character, um, and like how you how you work, like just how you're organized, like how you communicate. Those are things that are going to affect your team and affect the work that gets done. There's a lot of people that are in PR, so that's not super unique. So definitely think about like what really makes you unique as well. Um, and how you can be an asset. Awesome. Thank you so much. That was great advice. And thank you so much for coming on the show, Alexis. This was awesome. Thank you. It was fun. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in. And I hope you enjoyed today's episode with Alexis Woody. Stay tuned for an awesome podcast episode coming your way next month. Thank you. Thank you.